0: And what I would say to anybody who is considering a CRM system, which is a step up from a spreadsheet, is what do you need it to do for you? We're making conversations about the sales process count. I have pro- certain processes for certain things, but I try not to overcomplicate things. I don't have email funnels, I don't have lead magnets. What is a sales process? It's a really good question, because if you ask 10 people, they will all give you a slightly different variation. And that's what we're going to dive into today on this episode of making conversations about the sales process count. Now, ordinarily, listeners, you will know that I bring insightful guests onto the show as they are experts at what they do. We've been following a journey that is part of my 12-step program, and we've got to the stage where I always talk to people about the processes, that being their CRMs, databases, spreadsheets, their follow-up processes, how they manage their diary. And do you know, I, I reached out to quite a few people that I know that work in that field. And it wasn't really what I was looking for. Old episodes of the show. If you want to talk about databases, go check out the John Ferrara episode. John is somebody that I've worked with since the late 80s, whilst I didn't know him at the time. He founded Goldmine which was really what superseded Microsoft in terms of capability for databases with bringing crystal reports and email integration as email came, a big thing. I mean, gosh, when I started out, we were talking pen and paper and a filing system. So we've moved an awful long way from there. And John has since realized that he sold Goldmine, took a little bit of a break and spent time with his family. And then later realized that there was much more that he could bring to a similar sort of platform. And he brought Nimble out. Now I have had the pleasure of using Nimble in a few of the client projects that I've worked with. And it's great from a social platform point of view as well, because it will bring those accounts through and you can see their feeds all in one place. So you've not got, you know, 10 million tabs open. Now when it comes to CRMs, there are many out there. A lot of clients that I've worked with use HubSpot, they've used Zoho, some absolutely swear by Salesforce. And what I would say to anybody who is considering a CRM system, which is a step up from a spreadsheet, is what do you need it to do for you? Is it just a holding place for information or do you need it to become something more integral as part of your business? Because the likes of HubSpot and the likes of Salesforce, etc., once you get into the paid versions, start to become forecasting tools and they start to act more like an accounting forecasting software than a sales platform. So you need to really understand where the future of your business is going. And if you can choose something that's free for now, that will grow, you will grow into, that is my best advice for it. So that aside, you've got all of these different platforms out there. A simple spreadsheet, a Google sheet or an Excel sheet can data sort your information. Now, of course, it depends on the volume of data that you're looking at at any one time. But here's where you can get really smart, and that would be to segment that data into tabs on that sheet. So when you look to do any kind of marketing activity, whether that's an email or calling out, you know, directly to these people, you can look at much smaller segments and may really measure the the where your results are coming from so that is my advice a simple sheet can be you know everything that you need it to be because you can add columns you can data sort you can even add you know first contact last contact next contact columns and sort them to see how long it takes from first contact to a sale and you know sort things by results what stage are these people at? You know, is it cold? Is it prospect? Have you sent them some information? What are the notes that you want to take down? What has the conversation been about? And just remember, please, if somebody tells you they've been on holiday and they've been somewhere really glamorous, make a note of that too, because that can underpin your whole relationship, because that is the whole point of the process, is that you're not going to call once and never speak to them again. You really are going to need to do multiple touches, whether that's by phone, by email, through your social media engagement. You know, it really does come at you and at your clients from lots of different directions. So a CRM is really a great place and I would call it the brain of the operation. Working with what you've got already is a fantastic place to start because let's face it, if someone was to come into your organization and say, oh yes, you need to use this software package and you've never seen line of sight of it before, A, it will mean that you have got to learn that platform. B, you've got to set that up so that it works how you work. And then you've got to manage and maintain it. So already it can feel like an an overwhelming task that will never be adopted. And you'll just go, well, that was no good. Well, actually, it just meant that that particular choice was not good. So if you're a Google user and you've got Google Calendar, Fantastic. That can be a place for you to to set things up. You can add tasks into your calendar. You can block time out that way. You know, it can be that you set aside, you know, a whole morning or a whole afternoon to do a certain type of activity and have sub tasks in terms of who it is that you need. And if your sheet supports the date, then you're never going to forget. You're always going to be following up on the promise that you've made to be in contact with somebody when you've said that you're going to be in contact with somebody. So I think it's really important to look at those kind of processes that you've got in place, because we've all got 10 billion apps on our phone and on our computers. And it's about making sure that they talk to one another and that it's really easy for you to talk and update those things as well, because you want to be moving on and always pushing forward. Now, being able to see where you're going and what's coming up is, is very a very visual thing. You can look at your calendar in terms of the time blocked out, but you could also change the color on certain activities. So you can see what's a paid for activity, what's a prospecting or networking activity, and what's maybe just general have to do business tasks that are the invisible stuff that you don't necessarily get paid for, but you still need to be working on in the business. So that all said, I love if you're visual, there are platforms like Trello. I use that for the podcast, for example, that allows me to put a shopping list together of all the different tasks and activities that I need when I'm working with my guests so I can do a checklist and make sure that they've had the right information at what stage. So when it comes to your sales process, that could be something that you adopt as well is looking at your checklist. Because there's one thing that I will say to every single client, and that is the way that you do things are going to be a lot different from the next client that I go and talk to. So it's great to have this overview of all of these different activities and software platforms that you can use. But even somebody that is going through my 12-step program right now has got a sheet of some sort and a board on the wall and has simply adopted their accounting platform. So, they're using Zero, and they're just putting the contact information on there. And when you think about it, that's quite a presumptive You're going on my accounting software with a view of me working with you. And there's going to be an energy exchange. Now, if you want to set that up as a project so that you can put tasks to it, we've just simply implemented a penny, a one penny quote, so that we can identify those really easy in the view of that platform. And I'm pretty sure that most accounting platforms will allow you to add contact details and set up a quote so that you can work in one side of that business for your sales activities. So I thought that was quite a clever way of using what you've got already and staying in one place where you've perhaps got the person who looks after the finance and admin and the accounting and the person that looks after the sales will go into the same place and use it in the same way as one another. So that aligns your communication internally as well. I could talk to you all day long about the different sorts of accounting and software platforms for sales processes that are out there. And of course, then you've got integrations for email you know, you've got the MailChimp, MailerLite, the list goes on. So consider the the size of your audience and how often and how frequent you want to be doing these things. And and of course, if you are going to be sending things out on email, it's worth repurposing that and using that as your content, maybe as a newsletter on LinkedIn, for example. There may be a slight overlap in your audience. But those that know you will forgive you for that, where you are looking to reach new people and, and bring them towards you. Now, the follow-up process. That's why you want this database or sale system or funnel or whatever it is that you want to call it There's lots of analogies around this, but it's really just about managing the people that you're talking to. So if you go back to my 4R formula, the right person for the right reason at the right time gives you the results. That is ultimately what you want your process to look like on your phone or on your computer. So you need to have those contact details of the person. You need to understand the reason that you're reaching out to them. So have that argument or business case set out in your notes. And it could be that you just have all these people in one sheet and the intention of that sheet is the same. So you don't have to be duplicating in your notes because you understand the reason for that pool of people and of course then the right time. It's about asking the question. It came up again only about a week or so ago. I was talking on another show and it was, well, Wendy, you've made over 2 million calls. Yes, but they weren't quality. It was quantity over the quality And out of those 2 million calls, I would say that only ever has one in a million ever answered the phone and said, you are exactly what I need. You're my priority today. And this is what I'm going to be looking into. Tell me more. So have it in mind that it is not going to be an overnight success. I got a call about three weeks ago from an old client that I'd worked with 13 or 14 years ago saying, Wendy, how do we do this? Because somebody rang in asking for you. So we all know who Wendy is in the business, even though I haven't been there for over a decade. And how are we best to approach this? And I'm always more than happy to hear that historically, The plan B offer that you are putting in front of people to leave them with that fantastic first impression, a lasting impression that then 12 years later they will be in touch because the what and how they've been using things has tired, changed, or failed to work. And they get in touch with you because you've been that consistent and I had an email through yesterday about the cookie guy. I'm so sorry. I think it's Bob Gentle that sent me the details about uh, a guy, a sales rep back in the day, turning up every week with cookies for the staff saying, do you need to buy this? And every week they were said no, and they'd have a chat and they'd share the cookies until one week, the people that were supplying what he wanted to sell into that company, failed to deliver. And the guy in, in charge of this particular part went to the boss and said, what do we do? And the boss said, call the cookie guy. So it just goes to show you never know when the timing's going to be right. A lot of that is out of your control. But what you can do is be having really open and honest conversations with these people about being happy to be in touch with them when the time is right, because nobody wants their arm twisted or broken in three places, do they? So it's how we would want to be treated. So treat others the same. And there's your follow-up process. It's quite simple. Remember, the more you do up front, the harder it will get down the line. The reason I'm pointing this out is when you do a 100 calls, for example, in a day, the chances are you may only ever get to speak to three or five of those decision makers. That means you've got 95 to 97 callbacks. And of course, the idea is to keep adding new people to the list. If you're reaching out on LinkedIn to connections and they're adding into the top of the funnel. So make it manageable. One call a day is absolutely fine because that means that by the end of that first month you've made 20 calls. By the end of that first month, you may have a morning that's really busy in catching up with people. But imagine how many of those people you could actually reach and have a conversation with. And you're not putting yourself under any undue pressure to achieve results. Let the results look after themselves. Now, don't just take my word for all of this. I am going to now share with you, I was inspired because there were so many people that I could have gone and spoken to about the sales process and the fundamentals of, you know, having a system in place. It's kind of what I love doing with my clients is making sure that they have something that works for them because there's lots and lots of things that you can invest in and be paying a monthly subscription for. But if after three or six months that that wanes and that's an investment loss, that's a time lost, and you could have just been doing it in a much simpler, straightforward way and be where you want to be with your goals then that's just what makes sense to me. When I mentioned all those different people that I could have gone to, I've got a little pile of things here. And some of these I've read. Some of these, I actually know who wrote them, which is a real boon. And they all come at sales from a completely, you know, it's all from different perspectives. And let's face it my perspective is different to the next person. And the very same can be said for you who is listening. So these are books that I would recommend that you read. It'll be the book that stands out to you, which will be the one that goes to the top of the pile and lets you go searching for. But if you've got any questions about any of these books, or if you've got some feedback from any of these books, I'd love to hear from you. Because like I said, some of these I've read, some of them I haven't, some of them I can guess what's inside before I even open the front cover. And it would just be interesting to hear what your take is and what your perspective is, because that helps me. And as you can see, some of my my shelves at the back here are a little bit empty, and the book's shelf over there is a little bit empty because of this pile right here. So I was recommended Greg McEwen by Guy in America and Essentialism, the disciplined pursuit of less. Now, this is something that we hear about all the time, isn't it? You know, is you know, do less to get more. And I know that that is covered in there. And then effortless, when it can be effortless, that's going to be something that we all strive for. And in a one to one last week, somebody said to me that the definition of an expert is somebody who feels it's what they're doing is not work that it's fun, that it's enjoyment. So what I would say to you is, you know, are you an expert? Might be an expert in what it is that you do. I feel like I'm an expert at what I do, but certainly there is still so much to learn that there's lots of elements of what I do in business that I'm not an expert in, which is why I love having conversations, even if it is picking up books and and having stories in my head read to me. Now, here's a popular one. I don't know if you can see that, but that is my good friend, Naraj. He's also been on the show and he talks about how everybody works in sales. And this is just, honestly, it's a game changer. Not everybody wants to be a salesperson, but everybody will want to be helpful. So when you start that conversation with, can you help me? everybody turns into a salesperson at some point along in that conversation. There's a lot of defense in there as well. Oh gosh, here's another podcast guest, uh, Mike Bozinski And actually Mike made so much sense that he and his team helped me with a couple of things. And he comes from the viewpoint that website sales, so driving revenue through being online and what your website should do. 26 rules. Some of those I understood, some of them I didn't, some of them I implemented. Be a good read. Reach out to Mike. He's a really good guy. Somebody I want on the show. Come on, Phil M. Jones. Exactly what to say, the magic words for influence and impact. And you will read this and my goodness, you will say, ah, I have stop scrolling for that language. When you hear things like, most people would, gets your intrigue. Well, what would most people do? So this is kind of like, I think he's like the brother from, from another mother uh, to me. And I'm the eldest sister, I have to say, Phil, you're still young and you're still good looking. That's all I can say. But Phil is a really insightful guy, And well worth a read, even if it's just a brush up, brush up on things. Ah, now Daniel. Daniel, another good looking guy that storms everything on LinkedIn. Scorecard marketing. This is kind of linking into one of my favorites where I'm going to save to the end. And I'm going to have to reach for the book because that's open somewhere else. But scorecard marketing, I actually gave this a try and. Do you know, it really gets you thinking about what it is that you say and what your messaging is, but it's from a very customer-led centric. So this is a process that you could put in place as a lead generator. It is simple to do. I know that the team are really, really helpful in getting it set up for you. And I'm just going to fess up. I'm not really into many funnels. There's me here. I have certain processes for certain things, but I try not to overcomplicate things. I don't have email funnels. I don't have lead magnets. I very much rely on, if you like the sound of what I'm doing, and that's what you need help with, let's just have a conversation. I trust the Lord will provide in that. And so far, haven't done bad 18 years in business, have I? So there you go. Daniel Priestley, another process there. Tim here, I met through BNI and and the USP. So it's how to grow your reputation and your brand. So this is also a process that needs to be done for you personally, but also for you as a company. And there's some really, really insightful stories in there. There's some exercises. There's some things that you can take and adopt for yourself. So, Tamia, thank you so much. It's a great read. (laughs) Now, you may have heard the phrase machine gun selling. I'm pretty sure that this lady has kind of coined the phrase for herself. I was still giggle at the post that she did on that, where, you know, you get your machine gun and you try and shoot down all those clients. Small business sales dilemmas, 50 real life case studies to help you sell more. Janet has worked with some really, really cool companies and some really smart people. And even smart people get stuck on sales because it feels a little bit weird. So Jana is a really good friend of mine and she brings humor to it. I'm pretty sure that your will resonate with that. Small business startup tips, an old mentor of mine, Andrew Deaton, he put this book together with tips and he compiled a lot of small business owners and asked them what their viewpoint of these things were. So you might not be surprised that I'm actually in there. I've got given him a tip as well. So Andrew looks after team building and that is a process in itself, isn't it? Internal communication. I told you it was quite a good list of, uh, and this is only a little snapshot of what I've read and where my knowledge and perspective comes from. Paul Bassey, an everyday entrepreneur, he had at one point a really large Facebook group where he looked at sales funnels and advice for how to set things up. Very, very logical read. And it will sort of make you go, oh, I've done it again. Let's stop. What is it that Paul says? Paul says, it's quite good. Oh no, this lady, she's been to the palace and got an MBE. I've known Alison online for, ooh, too long, Alison. We need to catch up. Secrets of successful sales. Alison is very much about embracing your personality. Be who you are. And that is something that I really endorse myself. She goes and talks through customer behaviors and that she talks about the sales process in here. She calls them her pillars and I'm pretty sure they're every shade of pink. And I love you, Alison thank you for that. Charlie Lawson, the unnatural promoter, another BNI guy, but he's also a self-professed introvert. So if you've listened to any of the episodes, the two episodes that Jenny Proctor and I have done through the series, being an introvert and selling is a really weird, weird feeling that you need to overcome. So Charlie talks about how to overcome that awkwardness So, yeah, blowing your own trumpet can be really difficult, and it can be really difficult for extroverts as well not to be dismissed, that all personality, you know, people with personalities, and we've all got a personality, good or bad, can feel really awkward about something. And what I would say is that if you've got the right tips and tricks in terms of what to say or exactly how to say, quoting Phil M. Jones, then seriously, if that is still difficult or a challenge, then it's likely to be that you don't actually believe in what it is that you're doing. So that could be a hard question for you to ask yourself. And here we are, two more, another duo, results and clarity. Jamie Smart. These are blockbusters. And sometimes when it comes to Focusing on getting results, your mind can go into overdrive. I know business owners that don't sleep because of the anxiety over the running of their business. Nobody should feel like that. And if you're feeling like that, please give me a call. A little chat works wonders. And certainly, even if it's a stranger, it's usually a lot easier too but clear your mind for those results. You know, those go hand in hand. Matthew Elwell, open with a close. It's a different approach, but it's basically, it's it's sales. It's through and through. There are lots of questions and there's lots of workbook things going through there. And, you know, what can I say? everybody has different learning styles this will stop you in your tracks and make you sit and write it out or and plan it out so if that's what you need to do then there's a good book jolt my good friend larry long junior chief energy officer over in america and he talks about believing in what it is that you do so that you make an impact hence jolt that you really should be leaving something with people. And where we really align is that heart-led sales, believing in what you do, believing in what you say. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. But saving the best to almost last. So previous podcast guest, the most recommended book on my bookshelf that is actually doing the rounds of my weekly chapter at the moment where I'm just saying, everybody read this and then there'll be a lot of things that make sense and that will lead to action that will ultimately improve your business and improve your bottom line. So, huge thank you to Mr. Marcus Sheridan. It gives a good hug when you meet him in person too. They ask you answer. Now, blogging was a big thing for businesses in the recession, 2008 online. Now Marcus is now showing signs that all of that activity that he did in blogging, where a lot of us, me included, went all oh, my days, just to something else to do, Ugh, can't be bothered. He is now talking about how AI is influencing businesses. And he's posting about how as anybody in business, anybody in sales and marketing needs to be aware of AI so that you can decide how that is going to impact your business and how you can incorporate it into your business. So have a conscious mind over it. So my response to AI and what Marcus is doing in the field at the moment is, I wished I'd have listened to him back then. I don't really want to get involved in AI, but I do appreciate his experience and his insights, and I will look up to him enough to say, okay, what do I need to know? Because then I'll know what I need to do. doesn't mean that I need to understand AI to its infinite, right? I just need to know how it will impact me. So that'll be some more conversations. If you know somebody who's really, really knowledgeable about AI or Marcus, if you fancy coming back and having a chat with us, that'd be great. (laughs) Then go have those conversations and, you know, keep us up to date. This could be a real community conversation for the Making Conversations count because this is going to Later on down the line is going to come back, and we're going to be saying, "Aren't we glad we did something about it in 2023 when Wendy was talking about it on her podcast show?" But last but not least, it's my own little book, my own little bestseller that is a workbook, and it talks you through how to sell over the phone. But it goes way further than that. It talks about how to set up your campaigns. It talks about how to find the right people. It talks a little bit about LinkedIn because I understand that cold calling is not for everybody. So we can warm things up with a little bit of blend online and bring it into the real world. And so that could be a really great, useful tool that will work you through things. You will work through things. But that is not an exhaustive list of some of the experts that I've read that I know that are out there that can help you. Ultimately, a bit like picking a database, it's got to be what feels like the best fit for you. Well, there you have it. What is a sales process? It is a series of repeatable steps that you take to move a prospect From an early stage lead to a closed customer. But the ways that you can do that vary dramatically from business to business. So when you see the next shiny thing about sales processes, ask yourself the question is it going to help or is it going to hurt how you do things now? And of course, if you need to chat to a friendly, Trainer, in touch. That's what I'm here for. Next time on Making Conversations Count, we are going to be talking about your unique sales proposition, or as you've heard, your USP. And there's lots of ways of looking at that too. So stay tuned for more mystery and intrigue around your sales processes and making them unique.